Sometimes the way you talk, I wonder if you just live day in and day out evaluating everyone's height in comparison to 5'9". <laughs> now there's Jeremy McNichols and we're both becoming the lead dogs. That picture looks like bring your son to work day. <laughs> I think we had a little draft snafu there. I don't know what you're talking about. A rosy outlook for Palmer. You have him over Wilson still? Mac Jones? Dynasty is fantasy to an extent, so I guess that might be correlated, huh? Good is bad, bad is good, confusing. Sell high on all the hypotheticals. If you can sell high on something that hasn't happened, then go ahead. That is correct. It's like when the papers do at midnight and you decide to start at nine. Not, not always fun thinking about surgery. I had to remove a splinter from my thumb the other day, and uh, I can only imagine how much worse it would be with a, a giant needle in there. Yeah, not always fun, just sometimes. Hurts real bad. Welcome back to the Dynasty Wire. This is your host, Iowa. Thank you for joining us again and listening to all of these and all of the Sleeper Wire podcasts. Joining me again today, the, the newly, newly undisputed, undisputed King Henry. Was that a fake intro? Or... Okay, okay. Been a prince for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't quite grown into full adult size yet by some people's standards, but now there's Jeremy McNichols, and we're both becoming the yeah. le- the lead dogs. Potentially. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously there, as we're alluding to, Henry going down for today, we have some reaction to the trade deadline, dynasty ranking at theory discussion, and a 2022 Superflex PPR startup vet mock rank for QBs. To start us off here, an excitement scale of 0 to 10, how exciting was the trade deadline? Mm, as as a Chiefs fan, by proxemics only, I'm going to give it like a 4, because Melvin Ingram hopefully can do something to that abhorrent crapshoot that we call a pass rush. Yeah, uh, if I had to grade it, I would grade it as a zero <laughs> because zero fantasy relevant players got moved. Uh, you know, the Chiefs got another tight end, which, you know, must be leading to the demise of Kelsey. Nope, nope, irrelevant. So all these, oh, is OBJ going to get traded? Is Rojo going to get traded? Is Watson going to get traded? Nothing happened. Yep, yeah, uh, the Jets got Laurent Duvernay-Tardif in that trade. But it's actually Laure or something. It's a French-Canadian name. He's a doctor up there and orderly. Missed last season, opted out because of COVID, to nobly serve as a frontline doctor. But he's a good offensive lineman. He's getting paid a lot. The Chiefs can't afford to keep him long-term. Decided to deal him, basically, like you said, for cash in the form of some tight end that couldn't even make the Jets roster. Definitely not on the fantasy radar. Hopefully helps the Jets' offense as a whole for fantasy. Absolutely. As we approach the deadline, all these players who might be traded, they had a spike in perception of value. Like, oh man, if OBJ gets traded, he could be worth so much more. So people, even if they're buying still with risk or not at what the full potential value could be, people are interested in buying players who they might not normally be interested in. It might be really hard to sell Rojo. But right before the deadline, people might be willing to take a chance on a Rojo in a trade, even if it's not just for Rojo, as in, like, you're sending Rojo as part of a deal. There's various players and various interests that could give you the illusion that somebody's value might change, and for that, little windows open. So, like, in hindsight, looking back, I wish I had been more aggressive at the trade deadline trying to move some of these guys that might be moved. And another point 
tied to that is trade for guys that are rumored to be getting replaced by someone that they would potentially trade for, right? Like Tua Tungavailoa or a lot of the other options where Watson might go where he didn't go or a team that was rumored to be looking for a wide receiver or a running back or something like that or uh, even a guy that's potentially leaving a team, right? If OBJ left Cleveland, maybe that's a tick up for Jarvis Landry for you. Trade Jarvis Landry with the thought OBJ might be gone. Sell high on all the hypotheticals. If you can sell high on something that hasn't happened, then go ahead. Yeah, and with like Watson, it seemed like it almost could have happened if people had just got their things together in an orderly fashion. It's like when the papers do at midnight and you decide to start at nine. Yep, yeah, I currently start mine at like eleven thirty, bang out four pages. <laughs> it was uh, it was like when the Browns back in like goodness like twenty sixteen, probably wrong on the year, but they wanted to trade for AJ McCarron from the Bengals, and they were gonna give up like a second round pick or something. And Hugh Jackson like purposefully messed up the paperwork because he did not want AJ McCarron. He's like, yeah, I turned in those papers, and then he didn't turn in the papers and lied about it. He's like, he spoke about that, and he was. Basically saying he would not have his name tied to getting AJ McCarron. Wonder if some shenanigans went on with that with Watson. If someone was like, we are absolutely not doing that. My job's on the line. My future's at stake. Be interesting to hear about in a couple years. It's like, we want to talk to Watson. All right. Well, at 11.59, I'll send you the link to talk to Watson. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sorry. Didn't make the deadline. So sorry. So sorry. In hindsight, like you said there, definitely some windows that are available there. And in your like fantasy leagues, you might have a trade deadline, which I would advise against personally in Dynasty, or at least a late one that is controlled afterwards. But as the trade deadline approaches in your leagues, take advantage of some of the revealed motives of your league mates. Because with the trade deadline passed, we're looking forward to 2022. With this episode, we're starting the first of a mini-series, which last week being like the teaser of getting our top 24 out there, we're going to start with QBs today. There are a lot of challenges when you're trying to create dynasty ranks because there are so many different perspectives or so many different approaches, as you've heard from all our guests and from Henry. There's different approaches to how you rank players in dynasty. So... Henry, when you're creating your ranks, like for the QBs for this exercise here, how are you approaching it? Are you, are you approaching it in like tiers? Yeah, tier-based rankings are always a great methodology of organizing players. Kind of helps you get an idea of similarly ranked players where a drop-off might be in terms of value. Another thing I really do like to do is not only look at age, but look at years under contract that are fully guaranteed or how much a team really seems invested in a guy right where we could go jared goff doesn't seem like a long-term answer for the lions but maybe his contract says he'll be the starter next year where we look at Derek carr and he's going year to year and it's really dependent on how he does this year if he gets an extension if a guy gets an extension then his value skyrockets like with josh allen he had that six-year extension he was going to be a playable fantasy asset for the next four to six years at least whereas baker mayfield hasn't gotten that contractual commitment from the browns yet so who's to say that they're not going to move on in the next year or two if baker falls off if he suffers a bad injury or whatever yeah me personally i definitely approach it in tears and i think as far as to express this information in a usable format showing the tears and explaining how these tiers are created is presenting this information in the most 
tangible way. Like you could say, well, I don't care that this guy's over 30. So this tier I would probably have above the younger guys. So there's definitely a group of injured players that are going to affect your perception of QBs. One being like Jameis out for the year, Michael Thomas out for the year, Taysom taking over. We'll get into that here as we go through the ranks. Jameis was playing for a deal, more or less, right? Yeah, definitely. On a one-year deal, relatively low money, super low money for a starting quarterback. There have been a lot of rumors as far as the Saints quarterback go. We would imagine it's going to be Taysom Hill going forward, as it was in the offseason, Hill versus Winston. Reports are have been that Philip Rivers would consider a return to the NFL. Sounds like he would listen to calls from the Saints. Trevor Simeon didn't look awful against the Buccaneers. He's former seventh-round pick, played for the Broncos back in the day. I think he had a, an above 500 record there. He was kind of the replacement after Manning, and then Osweiler failed, and there were a whole plethora of guys there. He beat out Paxton Lynch, first-rounder from Memphis back in the day. So he could get the job done on a team that's really good. I did see that little bit about Rivers. How about that for the poor man's breeze to get you through the second half of this season? Would be a very interesting career arc between the two because Breeze obviously a second round pick out of Purdue after he won the Rose Bowl. And then they spend the the high first round capital on Philip Rivers while they have Breeze in what was San Diego at the time for the Chargers. So Rivers replaces Breeze in San Diego and then potentially you know, fills in for him after he retires in New Orleans. Yep, we'll see what floats down rivers. We could touch on that too here as we get rolling here into what will be our mock rank. But just understand that there's a ton of different ranks out there and there's a, even more redraft information on a yearly basis. What we're trying to do here is give you a perspective of how things might look when you fast forward to next year. So while you're making deals now, you want to have be aware of what you're doing currently, but also have an eye on the future and see how this is affecting the future outlook for your dynasty team. To start it off here, same as last week, it's Patrick Mahomes, and I get it. The Chiefs are a wreck. And if you said, no way, Patrick Mahomes is sucking right now, and you wanted Josh Allen or Kyler Murray... I kind of look at that as a tier for me personally. And while the pedigree and the contract makes it where it's like, I guess if you made me pick between the three, I'd pick Mahomes. But in a perfect world, I'd get third selection of this group and I get to get the guy who was passed on for the other two. So Patrick Mahomes, 1.01 as far as 22 quarterbacks for me. Yep, I would definitely agree with Mahomes, number one. He's close to that tier with Kyler and Josh Allen for me, but he is a little bit above for me, almost like a mini tier within a tier, just because I see Mahomes playing a long time, almost guaranteed. Whereas Josh Allen, to me, hasn't quite proven it just as long as Mahomes has. He hasn't had quite the level of success. Obviously, he hasn't won a league MVP, Super Bowl. He has the long-term contract, but he's not quite risen to Mahomes' level of superstardom yet for me. That being said, with the 102 of the quarterback-only draft, it's between Josh Allen and Kyler Murray for me. Kyler, in theory, offers a little more rushing, it feels like, but it's not by a lot. I think Kyler had about 1,000 yards last year rushing. Josh Allen's more liable to do it with the touchdowns in the running game than perhaps a Mondo number of yards. If you made me pit between the two, I'm going to go Josh Allen just because of the contract as my tiebreaker. And I think he has more prototypical size, potentially allowing him to play longer. 
you said there with prototypical size, if Kyler Murray lost his electric, just his ability to maneuver like he does and the speed that he has, how much would he fall off for you? Yeah, it seems like quite a bit. He's got that baseball background, former top 10 pick by the Oakland A's. He's got the shiftiness. It was against the Vikings, I believe, where we saw him in the pocket, you know, roll around, drop back, spin to his left, and then juke a defender from behind. The like, you're like, he couldn't have even seen that guy, and he randomly sidestepped some guy. It's unreal the stuff he can do, you know, behind the line of scrimmage, in front of the line of scrimmage, and then he can throw those lob balls like Russell Wilson. So if you take away that shiftiness in the pocket, his ability to run and juke people, then definitely is going to hinder his game. Kyler came out swinging. When Josh Allen came out, right off the bat, people were worried he was Mitch Trubisky. He's proved a lot of people wrong as far as their perception based on his initial performances. He's skyrocketed himself to the worthy position to be in this top three discussion there. So I definitely understand either side of the argument, which way you want to go. But let's say each one gets an injury. Who do you like better? I think Josh Allen has a chance to persevere a little longer than Kyler if Kyler was forced to have to stand in the pocket hidden and have to pass from there. Yeah, he would be more Drew Brees. He's probably a little shorter than Brees. Would definitely have a hard time running an offense under center, in theory. Uh, the NFL's moved away from an under center passing game. You know, three-step drop, five-step drop, seven-step drop type of offense. He's always had a gun, gun cluster, gun H-trips, all sorts of different wacky formations from that air raid Texas Tech offense from Cliff Kingsbury. So, yeah, I definitely think that he's gonna have a good career but i i do think it's allen a little bit so i put myself in the ideal position to make it easy on me and hard on you <laughs> what, how we're gonna do this is we're just gonna go back and forth until we're out of time or qbs and you know i got to go first with my homes and you pick allen and obviously as you can tell by discussion here i'm taking kyler here at four i'm not sure exactly who i want how do you see it you know, for me personally, it would probably be Herbert or Lamar. I don't dislike Dak. He's just had a string of weird injuries here lately, like the lat and the ankle, and maybe they were all tied together and one led to the other and trying to rehab from one, put pressure on the other joints. I just think that the Lamar's rushing upside gives him potentially a higher ceiling in year to year to the point where I can overlook the the longevity concerns. And he's younger than Dak by a couple of years, whereas Herbert is two years younger than Lamar or like a year and a half or whatever it is, like five years younger than Dak. So I think Herbert is almost like Josh Allen light in a lot of ways. They're both very tall guys with cannons for arms. I see him lasting a long time in the league. For that reason, it would be Herbert for me here at four over Lamar Dak. Dak got that huge contract, which is awesome. That's something you look for in Dynasty. Definitely worthy of being a top five quarterback if you wanted to make him that pick. Herbert, definitely with Mike Williams coming out, looking great this year. Gives him a solid number two. He's got Josh Palmer, rookie third rounder out of Tennessee, potentially his wide receiver three. Got Jared Cook, Donald Parham, third round pick Trey McKitty as well. I never really had a rosy outlook for Palmer. He was someone I kind of faded in the initial process. 
he is there and they did pay way more draft capital than I would have expected them to pay. But like you said, they're with a cannon arm tall with Herbert and Allen. They're both adequately mobile. They're not pocket statues. So they both offer that they're still going to get rushing upside. They're still going to take off and run from 10 yards and in and score on a somewhat consistent clip. I think uh, you were the one that was sharing that interesting Justin Herbert rushing touchdown stat with me. Is that right? Yeah, I'm always sharing those interesting QB rushing stat lines with uh, Sam Darnold, obviously, like over the first half of the year with all his weird rushing touchdowns. They're they're almost unpredictable. But at least Herbert has that kind of potential within his range of outcomes of being able to run, even if it's not necessarily to touchdowns, because touchdowns aren't what you chase. It's the opportunities. With uh, Dak Prescott being 28 currently, I do like him a ton. He offers the rushing part. It's not like he's like 34, 36, 38 years old or whatever. He also has a powerful Cowboys offense. Cooper's going to be back next year. I understand Gallup will be gone, but still has Lamb there. Cedric Wilson's look fine. He's got a couple of tight ends. He's still on his deal. Pollard's still going to be there. So for like next year, especially Dak, I think still looks fine. At that point, he'll be 29 years old. Once he crests that 30-year-old mark, it's not that he would be, oh, he's 30 now, he's going to be bad. It's just more that he might end up falling behind younger guys with similar upside at that point. So I definitely have no problem with Herbert over Prescott and even Lamar. I understand the concern with getting potentially hurt, being the fact that he's exposing himself to hit after hit after hit. It's enough league-winning potential that I will go ahead and take Lamar and tilt just a little bit here. So yeah, first five off the board here, Mahomes, Allen, Murray, Herbert, and Lamar Jackson. Yeah. That leaves me on the clock here at six. Is that correct? That is correct. I think we alluded to this pick a little before. It would be Dak Prescott for me. He doesn't quite have the same rushing ability that he once did in regard to his ankle. Uh, He has no rushing touchdowns this year, which feels anomalous based on his history. You get down to that goal line, you can kind of run a read option with Dak. They don't want to expose him to those same hits that got him injured, but I would expect him to run a little more than he has been currently when that ankle gets back to full health. Has the big four-year extension. The best contract done by any agent ever, by the way. Fully guaranteed. They got the Cowboys right where they wanted them. They knew they had full leverage. That's how that's how it's done. The agents in the NFL right there. Definitely over the other options here. I mean, I think this is a tier break personally. These top six. Obviously the top three and then those three in the second tier. Trevor Lawrence, Burrow, Fields, Lance, Russell Wilson possibly coming up next. But feel good about Dak at six. And even that that list you just did there of the young QBs and Burrow and then maybe Wilson, let's say the allegations never happened and the Sean Watson put up his career average this year. I think we'd all be taking him over Burrow, Lawrence, Lance, Fields, Wilson right now. Yep, this top six would be possibly with a top seven. So with that being said, I have him below the younger tier just based on the the unknown. But if you're looking for a guy who has the upside potential to break into like a top five, six, seven, Watson might be in that list. With you going with Prescott there, my next tier is Burrow and Lawrence. And then the question marks with Lance and Fields. You know, do they get some run at the end of the year and show that they're going to rise up? Because if they they show out at the end of the year and they put up multiple 20-point 
performances for fantasy for the end of the year. They're going to come right into next year, right about where I have them here. So for me to like rank them there, that's kind of predicting and saying that Lance and Fields show out by the end of the year and they don't have someone in front of them next year. Fields already passing up Dalton, but you know Lance would still have to hurdle Garoppolo, assuming Garoppolo is even on the roster. As you've alluded to before, he could be gone. Lawrence not fulfilling his godlike potential as described. I still would have him just behind Burrow, at least at this point, have being linked up with Chase, who is getting taken as the 1.01 at wide receiver. T. Higgins, a first-round draft pick from the year prior. Pre-injury last year, he was throwing it more than just about anybody else, and Burrow has his own mistakes or whatever, but for me personally, I, I wanna I wanna ride with Burrow and Chase as the seventh QB off the board for me here. Yep, said it there. Joe Burrow with Jamar Chase, T. Higgins for this foreseeable future. Not sure what's going to happen with Tyler Boyd in the offseason. He's got years left on his deal, but not really guaranteed years. Look at someone in there as a wide receiver three. C.J. Uzama's had a couple blow-up games this year. Mixon's a capable pass catcher. Has seen Samaje P. Ryan out there more than Mixon managers might hope for, but Burrow's got a lot of good weapons. Some decent protection back there. So... Burrow, the seventh quarterback off the board, leaves me here staring down the barrel of Lawrence, Fields, Lance, those guys. Russ, potentially, if you think he's going to come back from that mallet finger, which should be a easy recovery. I saw I got the pin taken out. It was just gross thinking about having that pin stuck in your finger. Yep, not not always fun thinking about surgery. I had to remove a splinter from my thumb the other day, and uh, I can only imagine how much worse it would be with a, a giant needle in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not always fun, just sometimes. No, yeah, yeah, just fun. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta be in the right mood. <laughs> Golly, um, man, yeah, you said it with with Watson's legal concerns. He would he'd be an easy pick here if we knew. Now, this being a draft set up for next year i think a lot of us hope that watson's legal situation is resolved as best it can be by then it's clearly a tricky nuanced topic that only a handful of people know the real truth about right now so hopefully we can get to the bottom of that not quite willing to take him over trevor lawrence though i think i will go with the rookie 101 the hopeful next Manning luck. He's got LaVisca Chenault there. Got Marvin Jones for one more year. DJ Chark likely gone after the year. Done with his rookie deal. Out for the season. Just acquired Dan Arnold. We got James Robinson getting ETN back in a year. Collegiate teammate. Hopefully a decent rapport there. ETN a receiving back. Could be a slash guy in the slot. Definitely a rough rookie year. Seen a couple head-scratching picks thrown. He's definitely shown some growing pains. But I think growing will happen. I'm right there with you, man. And while it necessarily might not be equating to fantasy points right now, I I think growth is the key focus there. And especially with a future outlook, a next year outlook with that same mentality there, Lance is younger than any quarterback ranked my top 70. This is the youngest quarterback in the ranks. I understand he's sitting behind Garoppolo, so especially when you're thinking 22 and Ford, you're not as worried about that. He's got a, a decent offense, a decent coach, and obviously the draft capital level of investment right there after uh, some guy named Wilson from this year. 
you mentioned Watson there, definitely someone who could potentially be in the consideration if you if we knew that he was past uh, legal allegations. Someone who we haven't mentioned, Mac Jones, another first round quarterback from this year has been outperforming these other quarterbacks. We obviously see a higher potential with the other three quarterbacks selected before him in the NFL draft. And two other players we haven't mentioned yet, just so I can put them out there, Stafford and Rodgers. If you were trying to win next year and then didn't really care about the year after or just cared about two years or or three years even, like I think Stafford and Rodgers can both be QB1s for the next two or three years. So if you selected them over these rookie QBs, I wouldn't have any kind of a problem with it. Me, by design, I like to take the younger ones, partially because of like what you've alluded to with like the run- younger running backs and taking them, that if they go down, they're still worth something the following year. If Stafford tore his ACL his value would drop a lot. You know, if Lance did, his value would drop just a little because, oh no, he'll be 22 and younger than most of the rookies next year if he came back. You know what I mean? So there's definitely less risk versus long-term value for the younger players. So I definitely wouldn't have a problem with either Rodgers or Stafford there. But all this is a long way to say that I'm going to pull the Lance from the stone on this one, Trey Lance. Lance coming in at QB9, I believe. So Matt Stafford, like we said there, lumped in with Aaron Rodgers. I think a lot of people have kind of grouped Stafford into that older range of quarterbacks with Matt Ryan, you know, even Big Ben type age. He's only 33 years old. He's not necessarily a spring chicken, but I believe it was the 09 draft. He was the first overall pick. That was a year after Sam Bradford as a salty former St. Louis Rams fan. That one still stings. Yep. That last terrible, terrible contract. Yeah, that was before the rookie pay scale. He was the driving force behind that change. Thank you, Mr. Bradford. <laughs> Paid that guy like $100 million. He's like one of the richest NFL players in the entire history of the league and didn't do a whole lot. So sits here at what will round out the top 10 quarterbacks. Fields is a name that a lot of people would throw in here. He's got the rushing upside. He had 10 carries this previous week, 100 yards, touchdown. That's what everyone was hoping for coming out with the sensational athleticism that he shows. Just not always sold on the passing. Has yet to eclipse over 200 yards more than once. And just barely got there at 209 this year. Has not done a lot with Allen Robinson, Darnell Mooney. He's been with Montgomery for a lot of the year. Fields, I'm not quite certain on the play. Watson, I'm not quite certain on the, the legal matter. I think this is where Deshaun Watson slides in for me, is probably over Fields. This could age very poorly in six months. Could be looking at a very different situation legally with Watson, and you could go, well, that was a real dumb pick of you, but I wouldn't be making that pick right now, right? If we were looking at the values right now, there's no way that I would value Watson more than Fields. This is just projection of what I believe will be happening next offseason. So we don't know where exactly Watson will play. Sounds like it still doesn't want to be Houston. Potentially, you know, Miami. In the offseason, maybe Philadelphia, Denver, Carolina. We'll see. There's a plethora of options. I'm sure teams will be interested. Uh, Assuming things get cleared up, you know, legally. Maybe Pittsburgh. A sensational player. He led the league in passing yards last year. He's been a top five quarterback the last three years he's played. 
Yep. You know, no matter where you pin down Watson, if there's question marks or an asterisk associated with whatever slot you slide him into there. And I definitely understand the concern with Fields because it hasn't looked great. Part of the reason why you love him is the rushing upside and he's coming off his best fantasy game of the season. I Fields here. Watson would have been an easy choice if you had just taken Fields for me there, because then I wouldn't have to think about it at all. It's never a fun pick. Yep. This now breaks down into what is like the Fields, Mac Jones, Stafford, Rogers, Wilson tier for me there. Wilson, we did mention it on the last podcast that Russell Wilson is younger than Stafford. Both are significantly younger than Rogers. And while these are both going to be QB1s for the next few years, the tiebreaker of being significantly younger makes a difference to me there. Now, Wilson isn't even a whole year younger than Stafford, but with that being said, I think I would prefer Wilson to Stafford and Rodgers if I was drafting next year still, even with Stafford with that high-powered Rams offense there. You know, Mac Jones, if they cut OBJ today and he signs with New England, then maybe you like Mac Jones even more. So, man, it's just tough whether I want to build around the potential of having to wait for someone to become good in fields or whether I want to take the proven guy who still has several years left in Wilson. I think I'm going to tilt here. I'm going to go ahead and take Wilson. Curveball. Yeah, curveball. <laughs> Indeed. You got me staring down the barrel of Fields, Stafford, who's young, younger than people think. Not Not a spring chicken. Not as long in the tooth as... Brady, he's about 11 years younger than Brady for what that's worth. He obviously has the back problems, the injuries that have kept him out uh, the latter halves of the past couple seasons here. And then we have Mac Jones, who for me is quite, quite a few picks away. I don't necessarily see him ever being a fantasy stud in New England. Do you have Wilson over Mac Jones? Will Zach Wilson is a uh, very... Very close to being my pick here. Zach Wilson's got the best arm in the class by a mile for my money. He got injured simply because he can extend plays and was taking beatings play after play after play. Hopefully that trade for Laurent Duvernay Tardif and getting back to back can shore things up there. I like what I've seen out of Elijah Moore for what that's worth there in Dynasty. He could be a potential buy low candidate. Michael Carter coming on strong these last couple weeks. For me, it'd be between Fields, Zach Wilson. I think in my heart of hearts, I'd go Zach Wilson here. I, I was known to overdraft him last offseason by most people's odds. I have him in over half my leagues, and we'll just say I'm in, I'm in a few leagues. So Zach Wilson, for me, the QB one of the class I had coming out, it's, it's a, it's a get-your-guy moment. I respect the commitment to the process there that you, you've liked this guy for a long time. And the reactionary crowd is going to be like, oh, the random QB nobody's ever heard of, Mike who? You know, he yeah. snapped last week. You know, Wilson now is, he's he's not even going to get another start. <laughs> it, and they got Joe Flacco, Zach Wilson's third on the depth chart. Yeah, I respect it, though, because this guy is still young. They obviously paid the 1.02 for this guy. He's going to get his due diligence and opportunities he was making various plays where you're like ooh, you know he was getting praised from stars there's lots of reasons to like zach wilson recency bias will make you fade zach wilson so i respect the craft I respect the process is sticking to it like you are there 
Man, I mean, there are so many throws he will make. Rolling out to the left, throwing across his body, which normally you're sitting there evaluating a play. And you're like, no, 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 no. Oh, yes, yes. Nicely done. Thank you. Gosh, I mean, he will make chicken salad out of chicken you know what which is what the jets need feed yeah (laughs) unfortunately it's been happening too often he made a crazy sideline throw in the patriots game before he got hurt and then on the play where he got hurt on what i think was a dirty shot it was the second play that same knee got banged up he threw a laser 45 yards down the field to elijah moore and it did not get caught but there was defensive pass interference which set up who mike white for a two-yard passing touchdown to Corey <laughs> davis looks great for mike white oh look he got a passing touchdown okay but zach wilson got you to the two-yard line and then you know mike white looked awful in that game and then looked pretty bad in the Bengals game for the first half and just some things bounce the right way he wins a lot of people like to give me crap They're like oh mike white beat the Bengals. oh whatever you know it's like okay zach wilson beat the the titans not, not that we're comparing a former fifth-round pick out of a directional Kentucky school to the 102 pick, who they were unwilling to move off that pick for a bounty of trades that were reported. That's a good point. Mike White peppering your boy Carter, too. 13 targets. That is unbelievable. Michael Carter, again, not a Jets fan. Just happened to like Michael Carter, Elijah Moore, and Zach Wilson all coming out. So, And I happen to like Michael I swear. Swift. Off of that. I, I know, swear. Just, I'm not a Jets fan. I swear. Dance. Yeah, I know. I'm just a boy from Missouri. Not a Jets fan. Was a St. Louis Rams fan at one point and then got my heart broken by Stan Kroenke. Man, I hope, hope that lawsuit goes through. <laughs> But, yeah, Zach Wilson, it'll be a head-scratcher for some, where Josh Allen in his rookie year didn't look great. They were, what, 22.5-point dogs to the uh, Vikings in one game, and he's out there hurtling defenders, putting the whole team on his back. And then, lo and behold, you gave him a year and upset completion percentage by 13 points. For me, it's looking at the tools of a player, looking at the arm, looking at the pocket mobility. He was making throws this offseason, and sure, everyone looks good running around in shorts and a T-shirt. But the other quarterbacks, Trevor Lawrence, players in the league like Mahomes were tweeting out eyes emojis they're like holy crap I can't do that throw like I need to start I need to step my game up this guy's crazy that should tell you something about the upside of a guy absolutely and when you're speaking upside moving on to my next pick here I would rather have Justin Fields over the field because there is the same, maybe not where this is ever going to be the most elite of elite passers but if he can be at least good enough if he can be Hurts with job security, then he's a steal as the 13th quarterback in a ranking. Absolutely. If he can be Hurts with job security, then he's Lamar Jackson. No, I mean, Lamar Jackson's a better passer than Hurts by a little bit for me. Fields has impressed me. I did not love Fields coming out. Obviously, there's always been that Ohio State quarterback narrative. I thought that the one-read narrative was a myth coming out. That was not something that I harped on. I thought his mechanics were potentially a little off. They haven't looked great, which has led to him not having the passing yardage, but his ability to extend plays and make throws on the run pairs well with his mobility and finally getting more rushing attempts. Hopefully Bill Lazor and that offense, Matt Nagy, can tailor it more around his skill set. I don't think they intended for him to be starting at this point. I think he's kind of played his way into a job, won over the locker room. He's shown great maturity for an NFL quarterback. He's always saying the right things. He's a very bright guy. He scored the highest score on one of those quick processing tests that the NFL loves to do. He's clearly someone that can learn an offense, make the correct decision with the football, and I expect him to have a good career. Yep. Justin Fields there, who still isn't even 23 years old as of right now. 
Definitely, and I mean, in fantasy, rushing is king. That's why it was hard for me to take Wilson over Fields. You can mock me all day long for it, you know, with the the rushing upside being the king in fantasy. I understand, man, because you watch a a lot of tape, and when you see one guy that looks like making better decisions, making better throws, looking like a better quarterback, but a quarterback who doesn't look as good, maybe not making as good of decisions, maybe not making as good of throws, is significantly better in fantasy. It's hard to tell good is bad, bad is good. But I get it either way because Zach Wilson, obviously young, elite potential, and Fields, you know, young, elite fantasy potential. It's just you're picking your, your favorite flavor. Yeah, man, I got Justin Fields, who you got. Well, it's certainly not Jalen Hurts with this pick. <laughs> See him sneaking up on the sleeper ADP. <laughs> He's still the starter in Philly. They had that huge blowout win against the Lions where... I don't even think he like had to play for them to win that game, but play he did and win they did. So go Eagles, fly Eagles, fly. We have Stafford here, Tannehill, and then a whole big precipitous drop off. Obviously Rodgers with the uh, the current weird COVID news shouldn't affect him long term. Just currently a big question mark. Thursday night game will have played. That'll be something interesting about Mike White that we were talking about. See how he looks against the Colts defense. I'm going to go out on a limb and say, not great, Bob. (laughs) So for me, it would be Stafford, 33. Tannehill just lost Eric Henry for the year. Around the same age as Stafford, which is bananas to think about. With Tannehill being on the Dolphins forever. Tearing the ACL, coming back. Escaping Adam Gaze. Being the back of the Mariota. Beating Mariota out. The crazy playoff runs. Then Stafford, now with McVay. With Cup and Woods. And Higby. And getting Akers back next year. Stafford and McVay, I expect to be Super Bowl contenders this year. Just traded for Von Miller, Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald on the team. Expect them to be a relevant team for real-life football. And Stafford to pass for a ton of yards and touchdowns. Well, that sucks because Stafford is exactly who I would have taken with the next selection. So now it gets to be difficult. Now, (laughs) you got Aaron Rodgers, who's going to be 39 years old next year. So brush the dust instead of the dirt off your shoulders. And he gets to decide where he gets traded if he gets traded next year, which me personally, I'm just kind of assuming that he's going to get moved, which will come up later when we get to Jordan Love down the line here. My decision really is between Aaron Rodgers, Mac Jones, and then whether I want to break down into what is a whole big next tier for me. Mac Jones is just barely younger than Jalen Hurts, who is one of the guys who would be leading into the next tier. If Mac Jones is car 2.0 and he's 23 years old, car 30 years old, the security of a good QB2 who has a good coach and on a historically good team you know it's tough but me personally when i split hairs i go with the younger guy and i'd rather be the first one to say okay i'm out than say i'm out when it's already too late i'm gonna go ahead and go with the mac daddy jones well three rookies there and four picks kind of rounding out the top tier of the rookie quarterbacks in what might be a surprising order for some. So Mac Jones off the board there as the QB 15, right out of the top 15. So that leaves me with Rodgers, Tannehill, maybe Mayfield, a name we have not mentioned yet, depending on how you feel about Mayfield. Tua's up there, um, but not someone that has been a riser as of late. Decisions, decisions. Yeah. Hmm. I think it would have to be Ryan Tannehill. He's somehow a QB1 again this year. 
after a relatively slow start. He hopefully will not be getting as many touchdowns vultured by Derrick Henry for the rest of this year. Obviously, this is a rankings going forward. Derrick Henry coming off that foot injury, maybe for the playoffs next year, be a year older. Maybe he won't be the entire offense, and Ryan Tannehill can air it out a little bit more. So Ryan Tannehill, you're at QB 16, 33 years old, Titans franchise as of right now. I like it. And with Derrick Henry out, we, as of this recording, we have yet to see what the Titans look like without Derrick Henry. So it'll be interesting to see how all that plays out there. A.J. Brown was just starting to pick back up. He said, oh, you know, I'm going to be limited until week 10. And he was even the wide receiver one, I believe, last week, if I'm not mistaken there. Him and Michael Carter leading the way. Michael Pittman, a wide receiver, too. All the Michaels going off. Yep, yep, yep. Great, great Michael Scott. Oh, Michael Pittman's action coming in the first quarter, too. Having him first yeah. eight minutes of that Colts game, you're like, I'm getting mm-hmm. 100 fantasy points this week. <laughs> yeah, a, uh, a unsustainable pace within one game. Yep. So we're a third of the way through the QB2s. With these guys off the board, I'm really thinking about Rodgers. The reason why I have Rodgers rated the way I do is that, you know, everybody deserves the Rodgers rate. <laughs> <laughs> I really, I thought it was going to happen during the draft, like a lot of people did, that boom, Aaron Rodgers is going to the Denver Broncos. He gets to throw to Jerry Judy and Sutton this year. Well, you know, Sutton a free agent next year, so at least Judy, Hamler on IR, so Hamler back. Obviously, young RB and Javante Williams, if he got to go there, man, that would just be so awesome. It'd be like the reincarnated Peyton Manning, except that Aaron Rodgers' neck wouldn't be long and broken. Oh, wait, no, that's his four head but anyways i'm boiling it down here to rogers mayfield hurts to uh maybe but i'm personally fading to it just because i think oh we were just checking in on watson <laughs> just means like we'll be checking back so <sighs> hurts too much job risk mayfield not enough upside I'll take the QB one, I hope, in Aaron Rodgers here. And just, I'm saying that he's going to be on the Denver Broncos. He's going to make a Super Bowl run with the Broncos next year. And if that bold prediction plays out, then I have no problem taking Aaron Rodgers here with this next selection. Just to get it on tape, I'll say that Aaron Rodgers makes a Super Bowl run next year with Mike Tomlin and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm. Give me those Claypool stocks. Ooh, yep, that would be nice. Nice. Finally give Rodgers, well, still not a first-round wide receiver. (laughs) Yep, he has to earn it first. And just like I did all of draft season when he was on the board, a snap pick here of Carson Wentz. A name that had not been brought up yet. A back-end QB1 currently as it stands. Even so, he has no real wide receiver two on that team. Michael Pittman got like 10 receptions or 10 plus targets. Either way, he's been force-feeding Pittman, force-feeding Moali Cox, Zach Pascal, Ashton Doolin. He's doolin' it all out there. <laughs> he's, he's been wheeling and doolin'. No, uh, <laughs> the Colts have been losing some close games. We were debating the other day with... A friend of ours, how good are the Colts? And they finally got Quentin Nelson back. He had a similar foot problem with Wentz and then had some follow-up problem. Jonathan Taylor is looking like one of the best running backs in the league. That offense is looking good. The defense is looking good. They played the Rams tight. Wentz got hurt. He had those two sprained ankles to begin the year after the foot problem. Lose on that game where Jacob Eason basically 
confirmed that the Colts are going to release him. And then the Colts just released Brett Hundley as well with Sam Ellinger coming off IR. So Ellinger, the backup, if you're into rostering your backup quarterbacks because you're wild and want a taxi stash, <laughs> Sam Ellinger is the backup there in Indianapolis. Wentz has a contract that they're committed to him next year at the very least. Has that history with Frank Reich from Philadelphia. Reich gave up what is going to be a first-round pick for him, someone that I'm sure he would like to see succeed. He has succeeded so far this year. Last week he had... A bad end to the game of the Titans where he threw a really inexplicable failed screen pass. It was like a tight end screen, halfback double screen, like fake tight end screen, come back to the RB. Naheem Hines fell down instead of, you know, maybe trying to throw it in the dirt. He tried lobbing it up over the defender, got picked for a pick six instead of taking a safety. It was a weird play, wound up kind of costing him the game. So yeah, Carson Wentz here over the new Philadelphia quarterback for me. It's not who I would have went with with that selection, but I definitely understand it. This guy, 28. Thereabouts, yeah. Same draft class as Jared Goff, someone that is pretty far down the list. Yep. Still some younger guys I would kind of like to have above him and his dual broken ankles, busted ankles, I should say. But I don't hate the pick. He's still in that tier of what I consider the QB2 tier. Me, personally... Longtime fan Jalen Hurts, always been scared of future Jalen Hurts. They have, what, three draft picks probably in like the top 10 next year? Potentially. I mean, I'm still a believer that the Colts are going to make the playoffs, but I know Eagles fans would love for that not to happen. Oh, guess that might be correlated, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, regardless, they have some picks at the beginning of the next draft. One of those picks could potentially be the Jalen Hurts replacement. There were little rumors about Watson to Eagles. I don't know necessarily how true they were. Who knows? Who knows? Rumors are rumors. Rumors are rumors are rumors. But they trade for Minshew and they trade away Flacco. And then immediately, like the next week, they're like, Jalen Hurts may not start the whole season. Like he may get Sudfeld at the end of the season. Like it's a verb. Yeah, that'll hurts real bad when he gets Sudfeld into the bench. Yep. But in the meantime, Hurts has been so good. Until this week. Came back down to earth. The one week I played him. Of course, right? You know, when people are on by, it's like, yep, all right, Hurts is my QB3. I can't even play him. He's been blowing up. Finally, I get to play him. Boom. 11 points or whatever it was. So enough about Hurts there. I do have him in that tier here. We still have Mayfield on the board. So that leaves like a Daniel Jones, a Sam Darnold, and a Tua. Who do you think is more likely to be a starter next year, Hurts or Tua? Man, that is, I would put both at less than 20%, but... High risk. I'm going to guess that Tua gets another shot in, like, Washington or something, just because of draft capital. It makes sense. It definitely makes sense there. I'm going to go ahead and select neither. (laughs) For the sake of being 26 and a half years old, younger than the 30-plus quarterbacks, having some job security, even though he doesn't have the rushing upside... Even I think Sam Darnold and Daniel Jones have some risk of or have some lack of job security in there. I'm going to take the person who's, even though he hasn't had the contract yet, at least it's somewhat safe in Baker Mayfield. Glad you took Baker there. He's another one of those guys you can look at and be like, he's a mid-range quarterback too, I hope, this week. No real rushing upside, not a huge threat to score three-plus touchdowns in passing every week profiled as in college you know oklahoma big 12 defenses everyone scores a bajillion points there browns have such a great rushing offense and pass rush with Clowney and garrett and 
a bunch of other guys. Jeremiah Wusu Karmo on that defense. Denzel Ward, Greedy Williams, John Johnson. They've got a, a sensational team there. Jedrick Willis was missing times, or Jedrick Wills. Their other tackle, Jack Conklin, missing some time. So the Browns have uh, not necessarily had the cleanest of slate of health, including Baker Mayfield himself with the torn labrum and the dislocated shoulder injuries that I know more than I care. Right here is where I start thinking about Jordan Love. But I'm in love with another guy. A guy that one of our dear friends will be very glad to hear taken here. Daniel Jones. <laughs> Wide receiver one, Daniel Jones. Wide receiver one. Dante Pettis' favorite target. You see the meme where he's making the catch with one hand and then he's pinning it against his helmet and what Giants fans saw was Odell one-handed catch and then Tyree's helmet catch when when Daniel Jones completed that yeah you know wide receiver one for sure like you said the the rushing upside as well and Daniel Jones it's sneaky he had that the fastest ball carrier speed of any quarterback over the last three years in that run where he infamously tripped that will forever live on social media but you got to get going pretty fast to be able to trip over yourself like that you know he, he rolled dang near 12 yards before he got touched that shows you how far ahead of everyone he really was if Galladay could ever get fully healthy, he might have a decent receiver there. If Kadarius Tony can quit the knuckleheadness aspect of himself, looks like they got a decent one there. Slayton was kind of rumored in some trade talks. Shepard's had a decent year. Angram, again, rumored in trade talks. Captain Barkley's looking good. If the Giants get healthy, get right, he's someone I expect to still be part of their future. It's hard to always defend him as a Daniel Jones apologist, which you could call me. But I truly don't think he's been the issue there. Yeah, better than Haskins, at least. <laughs> Certainly better than Haskins. <laughs> While you pick Daniel Jones there, I'm going to go ahead and take my infatuation with Hertz. And here's why. There's risk with any of these next guys. Like with Tua, risk a job. Sam Darnold, risk a job. And then you start getting into the guys that are like have real problems with their jobs, like Goff or quite old like Brady. Hurts, same age as Tua, just barely younger than Tua, actually. Tua obviously has the draft capital. I can understand if you'd rather have him instead there, but what we've seen from Hurts is something Tua has yet to show. As far as fantasy is concerned, being able to put up QB1 weeks on a consistent basis. So no matter what happens there, worst comes to worst, you can probably still slide him down to your taxi next year. I'm going to go ahead and go with Hurts, and even though it hurts, I'm going to die on that sword. There were a lot of talks, even in college, when Tua usurped Jalen Hurts, which is what makes it interesting that Tua's actually older than Hurts, is because Tua was the, the young kid, the replacement for Hurts at Bama. There were talks of Bama moving Jalen Hurts to running back, tight end, to use him because he's such a great athlete, such a great football player. He really is a great football player. Uh, certainly a good guy, someone that you, you got to root for with his story, his work ethic, everything about him. Just not someone that I see as a true NFL franchise quarterback, but fantasy is not reality. Fantasy is rushing points. It's garbage time sometimes. It's it's everything, and he gets the job done for fantasy, except last week when I played him over Kyler Murray mm-hmm. in a league. So for Hertz not to be basically off the board, he's going to have to avoid being replaced in the offseason. I don't think like his the guy who's going to have the job next year is on the roster, and it's not Hertz. I don't think that's it, but he definitely could be replaced. But if somehow he escapes being replaced, 
he's he's going to be higher ranked than where he goes right here. Definitely, and it's interesting in the offseason, I was Mr. Anti-Jalen Hurts. We have a couple of Philly fans in our friend group, and, uh, <laughs> you know, it's always, it's always battles, exchanges of words back and forth. But I have no problem taking Jalen Hurts here. The upside, like you said, you know, you're looking at guys like Cousins who could be out of Minnesota. I think Cousins might have a little bit longer of a playing career. He's showing to be a good NFL quarterback, someone that can get it done. I know Kyle Shanahan had an infatuation with him at one point. Obviously, he is last now, but he's top half of the league in terms of actual NFL quarterbacks for my money, but not great for fantasy, which Jalen Hurts could be. And if Jalen Hurts winds up continuing to be the guy, he's going to continue to be great for fantasy. So that's the upside that you're taking with Hurts, and I like that upside at this point. Over 44-year-old Brady to uh, Darnold. I mean, like I said, everyone's got questions at this point. I like how you brought up the the collegiate teammates, Hurts and Tua, and how that played out there. Yep, interesting to see Hurts going over Tua now, and how exactly Tua's career is going to go. He hasn't necessarily had the greatest support there in Miami with Fuller getting signed in the offseason, then hardly ever playing. Devontae Parker constantly being questionable, banged up. Waddles looked decent. Gasicki's looked okay. They don't have a good running game to speak of. Defense is underperformed. Miami's been the surprise of the league in terms of underperforming this year for everyone. They pulled out that weird game against New England, I think, is their only win of the season. And I remember I got into an argument with someone over Miami being a playoff team, not being a playoff team. I'm like, I think Miami's going to sneak into the playoffs. I'm like, I just don't see it. Now they're 1-6 or whatever they are. So, yeah, on the clock here. Gosh, I think, it, I think it's Jordan Love. I think it is Jordan Love here. Ooh, dang. I love it. Jordan Love making his first start this week mm-hmm. against Kansas City in prime time with Rodgers. Testing positive for COVID, the vaccine, whatever's going on there, kerfuffle. Kerfuffle. Yeah, kerfuffle. <laughs> whatever you said. It's funny he's making his start because we've been talking about this pod for a week here before we actually recorded and talking about where exactly we want Jordan Love to go because you might be there with me that you think Rodgers isn't going to be a Green Bay Packer next year. Or at least there's a decent chance of that. And if that happens, then, you know, finally the investment from years ago with Jordan Love is going to get his start. You know, he's going to get his chance eventually. And uh, if that happens next year, Devontae Adams will probably be gone. That team might not be great, but dude, dude's young. He's very young. He's still 23 years old. He's 23 years in a day. So he's younger than Hurts. He's younger than Tua. He's making his first career start this weekend at six months younger than when Joe Burrow did it as a rookie. So you could just call him a rookie this year, and he's younger than Burrow was as a rookie. He obviously was a first-round pick to much of Rodgers' chagrin at the time. Packers fans probably upset as well. But someone who many had pegged as Mahomes-type capabilities coming out, I think that's a, a an overstatement, a hyperbolic statement, but he's got raw ability, arm strength, and we'll see how he's been developing the last year and a half under Rodgers. Hopefully Rodgers giving him a little bit of tutelage and first-round quarterback going to be a starter at some point. Yep, I think for sure Brady plays next year. 
I think if it was his farewell tour, he would have announced it, and then every stadium would be wishing him goodbye as he does his final hoorah going through the stadiums. Everyone knows he's going to retire at the end of the year, unless maybe they win the Super Bowl and he says, you know what, forget it, I'm out. (laughs) I can understand if somebody was like, oh man, Tom Brady should be up there by now because of you know what he presents on a weekly basis while he's still playing. So I would totally understand if somebody did. He's not going to make our top 24 today, which is where we're going to end up having to cut it off. And we'll, we'll, we'll talk about who we just barely missed and uh, any surprises in there. Sticking with the same thing you were saying there with the Packers, if Rodgers leaves and Adams leaves, Adams has to go somewhere. And Adams has this uh, little romance with Derek Carr where potentially there could be a reunited thing. And, you know, obviously with Ruggs not on the team, maybe even that's more likely now next year that he ends up on that same team. Carr, just not even 31 yet. Still got plenty of years ahead necessarily as long as he doesn't get replaced by like a Rodgers or something next year. But I think Carr is going to be my next pick. He has exceeded pretty much everybody's expectations so far this year. And if he were to able to get one of these good free agents next year, like Godwin or or Adams or whatever, that could just potentially take him even a little bit higher. But regardless, he's been a safe QB too. So safe floor, still some upside. Me personally, I like Derek Carr here. Yeah, left on the board here. This would be quarterback... 24, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. rounding out the QB2 range. Yeah, Tua Tungavailoa, he's in his second year as a starter. Not necessarily someone that I'd be looking at here personally. Cousins is sneakily old. He got drafted in the same class as Robert Griffin III by the same team back in the day. And he's been reliable for fantasy. He's been, you know, QB 20 or better the last seven years. He's borderline QB1 most years, you know, in that top 12 range. Job security is definitely a question there. Brady is currently the QB1, and yet he's 44 years old. And the name of the game is Dynasty. So it's hard to justify taking someone that is indeed that old. Sam Darnold was someone in preseason, or even after the first three weeks, that people will be banging the drum for. He's younger than Joe Burrow, for goodness sake. (laughs) So far. Yep, so far. Stay tuned. Getting closer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're both currently twenty four. Give it give it two months or give it a month and a half and creeping on him. Yep. And then, you know, maybe maybe Jameis was up in this conversation first overall pick back in the day, still younger than thirty. Taysom's ACL. He's out of the picture. No love. No love to Taysom Hill, obviously. Goodness. I'm staring down Cousins and Brady. No Tua, huh? Just don't think I can do it, and definitely not Darnold for me. So, two of these guys you like better. Two of them, I do indeed. I think uh, between the Brady Bunch and a uh, bunch of cousins, I'm going to go... You don't want to be married to cousins, bro. I'm going to go Brady. I'm going to go against the grain here and go Brady. There were talks of him signing an extension during the season. He already has one more year on his deal. You know, he's got an open open door there they're like hey man come tell us how many more years you'll play for and how much money you want come play for free we can sign better players give you better protection you can just come play for fun you don't need the money just come play Mm -hmm. you know you can play forever and it seems like one thing that'll maybe force him to retire eventually might be some weird injury eventually if that's even possible for brady or that his family's finally like hey dude we really miss like having you around 
during the season as much. You could you should just like you know chill out. And he just loves the game so much, and he's having fun. If if you can get the QB one, even two years, three years, I mean, how much is that really worth, right? That's maybe you get Darnold, maybe he's out of the league in two, three years, just like Brady, and you got the QB twenty seven for two years. People overpay with draft capital for one-year rentals every year. How much is the 24th QB off the board who could be the QB1 on the season worth? No matter what you're sacrificing in the future to be able to select Tom Brady, wherever you select Tom Brady, as long as he's playing, there's an argument for it, no matter what. Yeah, we saw Fitzpatrick and Big Ben, one-year rentals, presumably. You know, Winston may be a one-year rental, depending on... During draft season, we didn't even know if he was the starter. Garoppolo, maybe a one-year rental. Bridgewater, Locke, you know, all those guys. Those guys, you know, as one-year rentals, we're going way too close to Brady in some of our drafts. And it's like, you can have those guys who are questionable to be the QB1 on their team. Or you can get the QB1 in all of fantasy, like, just a couple rounds above. And he was going, you know, we just took Carr ahead of him again. And, and Goff, you know, Goff was going around him in draft season. Those guys are mid QB twos at best, and Goff is currently barely clinging on to QB twenty four. So I think Brady, like you said, I can't fault anyone if they took him higher just a little bit. You take him too high, I can fault you, but definitely a good win now asset. If your draft at the beginning, right? If, if guys are falling to you at the beginning of your draft, and you're you're down there around, I don't know, let's say seven, eight, or something, and you go, man, I need a QB two or you know, whatever it is, you're looking, I can win now. I, I want to be competitive right now because this is my window to win. I drafted CMC in the first and he's 26 now. And I drafted, you know, Devontae Adams and he's 30 and I'm pushing my chips in. Tom Brady, he's 45. Screw it. <laughs> yep. I definitely understand the perspective there. If he wasn't picked there, he would be one of the first players listed in the honorable mention category. Players who are in the honorable mention category would be Tua, Sam Darnold, Cousins, Goff, Ryan. That would make up what are the remainder of the tiers that would make up like my top 29 or so uh, quarterbacks for next year. With Tua, we've explained the, the risk there. Sam Darnold quote-unquote benched or not, or the week before last, and then last week hurt with P.J. Walker coming in. They're entertaining trades for Watson. You don't do this stuff if you're just in love with Sam Darnold for now and in the future. So there's definitely a ton of risk there with Sam Darnold. Obviously, we don't know as of this recording if P.J. Walker will be starting this week. At first, it seemed like uh, just Sam Darnold has a concussion, whatever. Now it sounds like Sam Darnold has a concussion that he's not like progressing 100% normally from and a shoulder injury. And it sounds like PJ Walker has been taking first team reps this week from the latest that I've seen. So potentially seeing what PJ Walker has. Last year he played in one game in relief at Bridgewater and he had like four or five picks against the Lions if memory serves. They wound up winning that game. He didn't look awful. Although, despite throwing one touchdown and like five picks, but won the game and he actually, you know, looked like he could throw the ball well. It'll be interesting to see PJ Walker if we get a chance to. Didn't look great in relief at Darnold two weeks ago, but, you know, he could be benched for PJ Walker depending on how well he plays. He's got the Temple connection PJ Walker does with Matt Rule. That's a big reason why he was brought in as the backup, someone that he probably trusts. Yep. I've kind of liked pj walker for a while there just as far as the guys that nobody had nobody has rostered who uh worse if it's super 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 deep i'm throwing them at the end of rosters there 
just uh, no one but me has them rostered, right? <laughs> Picked them up in too many leagues this last week and might have just lucked out into some weird one-week stream that becomes something else. And then same reason I pick up Tyler Huntley is a decent name to you know know if you just can slide someone on IR for a week and you pick up Tyler Huntley and that's the week that Lamar Jackson tears an ACL. Boom, Tyler Huntley. I did notice going through leagues last night, sending him a waiver claims. PJ Walker was only rostered in a couple leagues, and you were the guy that had him rostered there. And I did end up picking PJ Walker up before like Trevor Simeon, but still after like AP and whatnot. Oh, so, so far down there. These are deep league only. Obviously, talking super flex, that's our preferred mode. And, you know, a quarterback is a quarterback, right? In Superflex 12 team, you're picking up Geno Smith. You're picking up Trevor Simeon if he's the starter. You're picking up Heineke. He's been rostered for a long time. Any quarterback that gets a couple weeks of starting is picked up. Mike White, who? Yep, yep. Speaking of backup quarterbacks, I've been in love with Mond as what I was calling like my 2021 version of 2020 Hertz, where I take him at the end of seconds, early thirds, and maybe I have to sit most of a season or a whole season, but then he could be something good next year. I was taking Mond like that all this season, hoping that if Cousins sucks, maybe Mond could get some play at the end of the year, but then realistically thinking like halfway through next year, because Cousins is definitely on contract through er, for next year too, but hoping that maybe by mid next year, maybe Mond is making some starts. So Cousins not necessarily making this list, it kind of gets me excited for Mond. Like <laughs> if he really isn't like even a top 24 quarterback, maybe they give Mond some run next year. Maybe the Vikings aren't that great kind of uh, excited for Mond in the future and would correlate with me fading Cousins a little more than the average person not wanting to be married to Cousins. Yep, definitely not. Davis Mills has been getting some run at quarterback for the Texans. He's had some decent weeks for fantasy against the Rams, surprisingly, and New England. He actually played a dang near perfect game. I remember watching that game thinking, how did the Texans lose this game? Davis Mills just played freaking awesome against the Patriots defense. And they wound up finding a way to choke it, which is what it is. Kyle Trask is probably my least favorite of the bunch of that second-tier rookie quarterbacks. He's like third stringer right now in Tampa behind Blaine Gabbert, Mizzou product. Let's go, the zoo. But Trask coming out of Florida, he had Pitts and Kadarius Toney, who have both been shown out in the NFL. He had that weird, like, five-interception game against Bama. It was not my favorite prospect, and he's been inactive. Ian Book, an interesting name with Winston, Terry's ACL, Simeon in there, Taysom Hill, maybe going to stay in the Taysom Hill role. Haven't quite seen who's going to be the starter this week. I would assume again Taysom Hill, but could be Simeon. And then Book, maybe finally going to be active, fourth-round pick. Just if he ever gets a shot, it's it's a quarterback. Well, the offseason, a quarterback goes down. I could see somebody like Teddy Bridgewater, Jameis Winston, Jimmy Garoppolo being traded for or signed to be a, a, a bridge to the next season if a main quarterback goes down. Someone we haven't really met, mentioned is Jared Goff. Or, well, at least uh, uh, only in passing there. This guy isn't necessarily old. Not doing the greatest. Maybe not biting enough kneecaps. Has risk of being replaced next year but still someone who deserves to at least be on that list i think you know top 32 after all the guys that you want and then the guys you don't really want and then you know golf 
Uh, I mean, golly, he's what, 0 15 now or something without McVeigh. Uh, mm-hmm. It was obviously the Jeff Fisher experiment. Oh, man, Jeff Fisher, what a coach. Mm-hmm. And then obviously now with Dan Campbell. Guns Mahoney out there, former Dolphins interim head coach back in the day. But, you know, maybe Andy Dalton gets some weird chance to compete for a job next year. Could be interesting in the offseason. Wouldn't necessarily love him now. Haskins, he's in He's in the right team currently to have the quarterback retire and be in a competition. Minshew could eventually get a chance to show something if the Eagles decide to tank and just put him in there. That touches on the vast majority of these guys that everyone that deserve to be at least mentioned or on the list. There are there are so few more, and honestly, we could go all the way down to seventy if you <laughs> wanted to. But unfortunately, they don't let me upload podcasts that are three hours long here. <laughs> Matt Ryan with Ridley stepping away. I, I'm curious how how do you see like his rest of season, and then maybe like his next year uh, value playing out. Yeah, it's been rough without Ridley. People really expected Ridley to kind of just be Julio Jones when Julio Jones went away. A lot of people were like, Ridley's going to be the wide receiver one this year. He wasn't necessarily doing that before he made the decision to step away from mental health concerns, mental health turmoil. Uh, Hopefully he can work through those problems. Always wish the best for people with that. Um, but yeah, Matt Ryan, as far as he goes affected by it, it's not been great without very talented player like Ridley, former first round capital out of Alabama. It's been, should be good for Pitts, maybe getting hyper-targeted. Russell Gage is kind of next man up there. Olamide, Zacchaeus, Frank Darby, Tajay Sharp I've seen added in some leagues. He was okay, I guess. Outperforming Olamide at least. Yep. Last week. That's what happens when you're Henry St. Clair feet tall at wide receiver. No. <laughs> I didn't know that was a unit of measurement. Oh, yeah. Everyone knows it. (laughs) The measurements of prime athletes, for sure. Yep, 100%. Yeah. Braxton Berrios, feet tall. No. Uh, But Matt Ryan, he's he's got a big, fat contract. So I would expect him to be the Falcons' starter next year. He's not been awful. The Falcons are on a bit of a win streak, although I think they just lost to the Panthers. So they're... Potentially in the hunt, if Ridley decides to return, to be a nice boost for Matt Ryan. If he misses significant time, Matt Ryan is hard to play. There were only two teams that didn't have a quarterback that made my top 32 when I was creating this list. And those two teams were the Steelers and the Washington football team. Ben Roethlisberger being 40-plus by next year, and Fitzpatrick basically turning 40 next year. Neither of these guys are going to be centerpieces of the franchise going forward for years, so there's going to be a a look for the future there. It's not Heineke. It's not Kyle Allen. I really don't think it's Haskins or Rudolph either, so be it free agent, like you said, like maybe Rodgers goes to the Steelers. Boy, that would be awesome for like Claypool and Deontay for sure, but somebody could go to the Washington football team too and immediately step in and be able to throw it at McClure and Curtis Samuel, and they just drafted Diami Brown. Wide receivers who are young, who haven't been really anything yet. There's opportunity on those two teams because i don't even see any either of those quarterbacks that would be the leaders of those teams cracking what would be my top 32 i'd rather have who where's your job going to be Jameis winston or bridging the gap bridgewater than like roethlisberger or fitzpatrick at this point as far as looking forward to 22 and beyond and as a confidence rating yeah interesting to see that winston made your top 30 don't think he'll be there 
post NFL draft, you know, with potentially, you know, three or more guys going in the first of this draft. Obviously we have no idea of knowing how that's gonna play out, but I would be surprised to see him in the top thirty as far as twenty twenty two quarterback ranks go when it's all said and done. But yeah, Washington, Pittsburgh, definitely places to watch out for for those rookie quarterbacks to go. There's almost a surplus of quarterbacks in the NFL. For a long time, it was kind of like, you know, a bunch of teams looking for guys. I guess Denver, you have a guy in the top 30? So my 30, 31, and 32 were Bridgewater, Winston, and Garoppolo. Okay. Guys that I think are probably unseated next year. Mm-hmm. But the chances that all top 30 quarterbacks are healthy going into next year or stay healthy before the trade deadline at the middle of next year is unlikely. And if there were quarterbacks who were going to move to a team and fill in for a starter who goes down, like, you know, Prescott breaks his ankle at the beginning of the season, same deal with like Andy Dalton, how he became relevant last year. I think those people who are sitting in that slot, like, yeah, we may not be good enough to be the starter, but we're going to be better than all the other backups. That's going to be like a Bridgewater, Winston, and Garoppolo. At least that's how I have the tier as I see it right now. Right after them, I have Davis Mills, Taysom Hill, and Kellen Mond as Hope and Mond halfway through the season. Taysom Hill, I have no idea why. (laughs) And then Davis Mills. Davis Mills was picked like third pick of the third round and Jalen Hurts was like 21st pick of the second round. So like they're really not all that far apart as far as draft capital level of investment Mm -hmm. and Hurts got a shot this year. So I don't know. They trade Watson away. They don't get a QB back. They don't draft one. They can't talk any free agent to coming there. If Mills just happens to be the starter, then at least you've got the 32nd best quarterback who's starting in a weekly basis with Davis Mills there. I don't know. Maybe that's underrating him, but I've just never been a fan of Mills there. But then right after him, Dalton, and then like we were saying there with uh, Roethlisberger and Fitzpatrick. And for 39 and 40 there, just for uh, honorary purposes, I stuck Drew Locke and Kyle Trask. If somehow Brady wins the Super Bowl and retires, then take out the trash, then you might be left with Kyle Trask. Yep, sounds like Cam Newton putting the body bag. Yep, yep. He's chilling on his couch right now. I don't know if it's going to change. Yeah, Cam Newton and I are both free agents, willing to play for $5 million a year. Yep, yep. <laughs> and the response is, who wouldn't? <laughs> but full disclosure, I think post-trade deadline, quarterbacks didn't get moved, even though maybe teams were interested here, there, various quarterbacks, blah, blah, blah. Now that you're past the trade deadline, you can't trade anymore. Do you think this increases the chance that maybe Cam Newton gets picked up somewhere before the end of the season? So, as a fantasy player, it, it makes more sense when you look at it from a fantasy standpoint. You're like, oh man, you know, Cam Newton's way better than Trevor Simeon at quarterback. That's probably true, right? But what Cam Newton doesn't have the advantage of is he doesn't have the advantage of having studied John Payton's playbook for the past six months or whatever it's been Simeon. Simeon was probably a late addition in the offseason. Maybe it's only been four months. But he doesn't have that familiarity with Peyton. Maybe they bring Newton on and try to get some insight into the Panthers' offense or something or another and try to pick his brain that way. But a lot of teams have a backup that they've been grooming to be ready in the event of a starter going down. So in our head, we go, Newton's better than the backup, bring him in. But we saw it with Seattle, right? He's better than Geno Smith as a player, probably at this point in his career. But he wasn't getting ready to play for Seattle. He doesn't. He hasn't been thrown to the receivers. He hasn't been whatever. So I would I would bet on no. But he's out there. 
Yep, he's out there. So if somebody's really desperate, maybe he'll finally find a job. But I think you're absolutely right there that the fantasy perspective says, you know, oh, Cam Newton here, Cam Newton there. You know, the real life perspective says there's a whole lot you take on when you sign Cam Newton. You know, the fantasy perspective, rather, would say Cam Newton over Devlin Hodge. But if you're Mike Tomlin, you go, I'll play Duck Hodges. Mm -hmm. Real life perspective means you trade a fifth round pick for Joe Flacco instead of signing Cam Newton off the street. A conditional sixth only if he plays four games. So Mike White (laughs) starting this week, Zach Wilson back the next week. Sounds like going to be a sixth rounder. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was hoping uh, Flacco could come in and throw to all those wide receivers and offensive players that you like there. But nope, nope. Oh, gosh. No, Mike White's 45 attempts will get that job done. Mm, Yep, and then uh, as soon as Wilson comes back, we can all drop the mic. And all the Jets players, because Zach Wilson's terrible, right? Give it time, give it time. If you're thinking 22 and forward, then it's easier to deal with, for sure. There has been little rough moments, even though not a lot of it's been his fault. When you look at the stat box and you see a massive amount of interceptions, it's uh, worrisome, even if it's not all his fault. You know, it's funny is with how much people just love saying Mike White, you know, if you're Zach Wilson or whatever. Mm-hmm. Who want to give Mike White the the pass, the, the freebie on, well, his two picks were a drop pass that was a little behind the receiver, you know, probably shouldn't have been picked off a tip and the other one was off michael carter's helmet which he just drilled so you know his two picks were off his own players like that's no two-thirds of zach wilson's picks this year Mm -hmm. so maybe there's something to be said about the jets weapons you know maybe the former fifth round pick cut by the cowboys in favor of cooper rush maybe he's just awesome like everyone thinks he is or or maybe maybe he's not and the colts destroyed him yeah no matter how hard you squint Still a jet. <laughs> Still, oh, you like Zach Wilson? I don't think so. Still a jet. <laughs> and those uniforms can do something to a quarterback. Well, that's about all we have here. Henry, do you have anything for the peoples? Yeah, feel free to DM me on Sleeper at Clairvoyance. If you need to know how to spell it, just try to type it into Google. And then if you need me on Twitter, it should be at ClairvoyanceFF. Always excited to get to talk quarterbacks. A position that we all love so much in real football is the name of the game in Superflex. One of my favorite people, Iowa. And looking forward to the next couple positional rankings. Appreciate you joining me here once again. I appreciate everyone listening right now because you've actually made it to the end. You listened to the end of the podcast. You didn't just listen to the the first three-minute intro and hear the wild things we say and then click off the television or, well, you know, radio, jukebox, whatever the kids use nowadays. This is basically all we got for you here. This is QBs. Next week, we'll probably come back with RBs looking at 2022. Help set you up for the future. Set the table for what you might be able to expect at the very least you get a couple guys who you know this is what we grind and you get our opinions and you can take it with a grain of salt or you can take it straight no chase this is iowa the nfl clairvoyance ff this is dias dwyer on the sleep wire network thank you for hanging with us peace out Wilson comes back, we can all drop the mic.